Hey, this is Shannon K, and you're listening to Get Real. Hey, everyone, I'm Shannon K, and welcome to Get Real. Joining us today is a former model turned interior decorator turned real estate agent. And she is one of the stars from the biggest shows on Netflix right now, Selling Sunset. Please welcome Amanda Smith. Hey, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thank you, how are you? I'm good, you know what, it's Thursday, but it's actually in my world as a mom who is homeschooling two kids, it's, a, it's Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. so it's actually our Friday. So the kids have a four day weekend now, they don't have school tomorrow and they don't have school on Monday, so I get to breathe for a little bit and not be a teacher for a few days. <laughs> well, I bet that feels amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me start off with your name. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a very unique name, I must say that. And I feel like a lot of your fans are like, you know, just fascinated about that as well. So reveal that secret. What is it? Like, where does it come from? And does it have a meaning behind it? Well, I'll tell you, it's so, it's cool because... Um, so my name's Amanza. I was named after my grandmother on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. So her name was Amanza Lane, her maiden name, or her name was Manza Lane. And she's German, Irish, and English, which it's not a German, Irish, or English name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually, and I've only got to know this like over the years because I've Googled it. It's actually an Italian name, but I don't, I guess my great grandmother was super creative. Um, and so I was named after my grandma and I called her granny, granny Manza is what we called her. And all, when I was growing up, my name was weird. You know, when you're young, like everything's embarrassing. Like you don't want to have a weird name or if you're too tall or too skinny or too, it could be up. So I have, everybody called me Mandy Mm. growing up. And then when my grandmother passed away, I was very close to her. And when she passed away when I was 19, I was just about to transfer from junior college to university. And so it was like a whole new world. Like nobody knew me there. And she just passed away. So I was like, you know what? When I go to university, I'm not going to introduce myself as Mandy. I owned it. And I and then I just like was, you know, confident and excited about my name being Amanza. Then fast forward, I moved to LA and it's like, people are like, oh, did you change it like when you joined SAG or you changed it to be like, you know, when you modeled, it's like your stage name or whatever. I'm like, no, it, it's actually my real name. <laughs> so yeah, I was, named, I was named after my favorite grandma. Oh, that's amazing. That's so sweet. So sweet. I mean, that's why, you know, the name is so unique and, and it definitely holds a lot of meaning and depth to it. So I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. I love it now too. And I, you know, I didn't always, but now, now I do. And I was so close to her. So it's, 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 it, it's a special name to me. I, I, and I like that people like it. And it's such a simple, subtle difference from Amanda. And I don't hear of anybody else being Amanda. I'm like, why didn't somebody else think of that? Like, it's very, it's pretty simple. It's like one letter. I know. Right. I mean, I guess the name was for you. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. So you know, you're, you were a phone model and then you turn into an interior decorator mm-hmm. and now you're a real estate agent. So tell us through your journey, like how did you begin with modeling and how did you end up with being a real estate agent? 
Look, I'm people think I'm a lot younger than I am because I, I look younger, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm 43. And so I've I've lived a lot of my life. So I've had these like experiences and I've tried something and then maybe that didn't work out or you know, I've moved on to different things. So um in Indiana, I went to school for interior design and then just shy of like, you know, enough credits to graduate with my with my degree in interior design, mm-hmm. I decided to pack it up and move to LA. I had become, when I was in Indiana, I had become an NFL cheerleader for the Indianapolis Colts. And I got like just a little taste of like the excitement and like the kind of notoriety and like the, not fame, but like recognition, I guess, mm-hmm. as much as you can in Indiana. And I, and I, I was like, I think I want to do like commercials or like really model or do something, you know, bigger. Yeah. And so I decided to move to LA and I modeled, I had a lot of success with it. I modeled for a lot of years. And then I met my now ex-husband. We had a baby, then got married. We did it backwards, but we had a baby, <laughs> then got married, then had another baby. And then, you know, one year later we got a divorce. And so suddenly it was like, I was thrown back out into the world mm-hmm. only having been a model and then a mommy. And it was like, oh, crap like how am I going to provide you know a life for my kids like put a roof over their head and food on the table so it took me a minute like I was doing every job under the sun I was cleaning houses I was walking dogs I was being a nanny because I had when I divorced my husband or when my husband and I got a divorce my babies were one and two years old so you can imagine like I couldn't even go work um I worked at BC remember BCBG (laughs) like I don't even know if it's still a thing, but I worked at BCBG and I was making $11 an hour. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was paying $18 an hour for a nanny to watch my kids so I could work. So it was like this real struggle. And I had a friend tell me at one point during this time, and this was eight years ago, he said, you know what? Find your passion, whatever it is, and put everything you have into it and then you will succeed. And at the time I was like, okay, so then, and then how am I going to pay my rent? Or like, how am I going to do this? So my passion, my two passions were children and interior design. So I started a little LLC called Kid Interior Design. And I thought maybe if I can just like kind of separate myself from the big dogs in LA mm-hmm. doing kid rooms, like maybe I can like, you know, get a start. So did a couple kid rooms and then, you know, somebody would hear about it. They liked what I did. And then it moved on to adult spaces. I did like a condo for like a celebrity and then somebody would hear about it. It was just kind of, you know, in LA, it's kind of like who, you know, if you know the right people, they can kind of connect you. And then then my work was, was good. And so people were like, Oh, okay. She's kind of good. So it went from that to just like little by little. And then my best guy friend, Jason Oppenheim, he, who, whom I've known for 20 years, he had just started his real estate brokerage. And after I did like you know, a handful of successful design jobs, he was like, why don't you come work for us like as the stager and do home staging? So then I worked for the Oppenheim group as the home stager. And then it just, you know, built and to the point that I was finally able to just do that as my main job and not have to do all these other little, you know, knit, like witty jobs here and there. And then they had the show. And then it just like it organically happened that he was like, you're working in the office as our interior design specialist. Why don't you get your real estate license? That's another form of income that you could have for, you know, you and your kids. Even if you don't actively go out and like sell homes, you can bring in referrals or I was like, 
oh, okay. So I did. And then, you know, there was an opening for a new cast member of the show. And it just made sense that I joined the cast because I'd been friends with them for 20 years. And now here we are. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. It's like you were destined to be an agent, you know, from like modeling. Who knew you would end up like here? That's the universe, right? Like I would have never thought eight years ago that I would be a real estate agent. Like that just wasn't in my, I mean, I love homes. I love houses. I love the aesthetic. I love going and looking at houses and seeing like all the architecture and the design and all of that. But I just never really thought about selling them. I thought about decorating them, mm. but now it just all makes sense. It's like, I can sell the house, decorate the house <laughs> all in one. That's awesome. So speaking about that, what do you think is like harder to do? I mean, sell the house or decorate the house? <laughs> sell the house. <laughs> like for me, maybe not for Jason, mm -hmm. maybe not for Mary, Chriselle, Davina, Christine, Heather, uh, Maya, maybe not for them, mm -hmm. but for me, it's way harder to sell the house because my, my gift, my talent is decorating. Mm -hmm. So I know I can go into a space, see it one time, close my eyes, have it completely decorated in my head. Oh, wow. But, but having to go in, tell somebody about the property, how many square feet, how long it's been on the market, what school district it's in, when it was built, like all the details of the house, you know, the travertine floor and the granite, like that's all so overwhelming to me. I'm still trying to get a grip on that, to be honest, <laughs> like it's, still really intimidating to me because I'm still the newbie, you know, um, really? but yeah, so it's definitely easy, easier for me to decorate than to sell. Totally. Yeah. So how was the experience, you know, when you came into, uh, you know, the show and you were like a newbie, like you just mentioned right now, was it really hard to, you know, fit in and try to compete with each other? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. A lot of people ask me that. And I think, you know, I, I have to like count my blessings because I've been best friends with Mary for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I've been best. Jason and Brett have been my best guy friends for 20 years. So when I came into, when I joined the cast of the show, I had already known them for so long. So mm -hmm. I didn't, I'd never felt like the newbie. Mm -hmm. I never felt like a fish out of water or like I had to prove my, well, I felt like I had to prove myself to, to Jason as far as like being able to sell, sell property, mm -hmm. but I never like in the office with all the girls, I never felt like the newbie because I'm like, I, we're family. My kids call Brett and Jason, uncle Brett and uncle Jason. Like mm -hmm. it's, it, that's aunt Mary, uncle Romaine. Like we've all been family, you know, for a long time. So I didn't feel like the newbie in that sense, but when it came to like doing open houses and, showings and brokers open then I definitely felt like like <laughs> small and the funny thing is like I'm as old as Jason and Brett and everybody else in the office is younger than us so mm -hmm. even as one of the even as the oldest female in the office when it came to like open houses and showings I felt like a little kid like okay you gotta hold my hand and like you know show me and that was that that was a little hard for me because I'm very independent so mm -hmm. It was hard for me to kind of like let, you know, let down my guard and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. They do <laughs> just let them like lead the way, you know? Absolutely. Well, it sounds really fun, you know, to, to be there with your family, like you said, and just like having fun and selling the house. It's really great to hear that. 
it's cool. Like Mary and I've been best friends for so long. You know, we've been, we've been roommates. We, she was there when both of my children were born. Like she's, you know, they, Jason and Brett and Mary have known my kids since, the, since I was pregnant. Like we've known each other for so long. So the fact that now, and, be, and before when I met Jason and Brett, they were attorneys, they weren't even real estate agents. So the, and Mary and I were models. And so the fact that now we all somehow ended up doing real estate, working together, one, it was cool when we were just working at Jason's brokerage. Cause it was like, look, we're best friends and we're like working for, you know, your brokerage, like you've really done well. And then, and then now we get to experience the show together. We're like, how is this real life? Like we, I just get to be on a show with my best friends and, and, and enjoy this roller coaster, you know, with people that I've been through everything with for 20 years and it's like it's pretty surreal absolutely I mean I would love to be on a show with my best friends <laughs> yeah well get your real estate license and come to the Oppenheim <laughs> I sure will I think I might change my career <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you've been in you know in the works for 20 years I mean I'm sure that your journey has been a roller coaster ride can you share us a bit about you know your your days of struggle and how hard was that, you know, starting off modeling or even when you, um, you know, moved into a different field of interior, you know, designing, was that really hard? Were there any obstacles that came across? Of course. I mean, for me, the biggest obstacle was, okay, so before I got married, I was a model and, you know, quite successful. I mean, I wasn't Gigi Hadid, <laughs> but I was, I was doing well enough on my own to support myself because it was, it was just me. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was one of those things like, you know, in the industry, it's very up and down. So one month may be amazing. The next month may be a struggle, but it didn't really matter because it was just me and I was young. So it's like, okay, I could always pay my rent. But like, if I couldn't eat at Koi or Boa that month, then, you know, maybe I got groceries at Trader Joe's that month. And I was like able to, take care of myself. It's a very different experience when you have kids. You can't, you can't like live in the middle. You have to make sure you are 100% okay at all times. And so one of the biggest struggles for me was after my divorce. So I went from being this like successful model, single with no kids, and then married to a successful man and then divorced after two years. And my kids were one and two when we got a divorce. So suddenly it's like, it was almost like I got thrown back into the world mm. where I left off before I got pregnant, but with a one and two year old yeah. <laughs> ten, ten, and, and older. So it was like, okay, what do I do? So that was a real struggle finding the balance of like, do I actually pursue my dream of being an interior decorator or do I just go work retail forever and just live and just be okay mm -hmm. and struggle and be stressed? Or can I really you know, is this possible? What I've always had in my head, like I always envisioned myself being like this cool mom that would dress in cool clothes and like come home from like the job site or like whatever, you know, decorating job I was doing and then come home to my kids, but be like the cool mom, like the hip mom, you know? Yes. And like, is that really a possibility? So it was, it took a lot of, you know, no's. I mean, there was a time after my divorce when when I said I was doing like a handful of random jobs and we would go to like the 99 cent store mm -hmm. and buy like pasta and canned goods. And I remember the first, this was seven years ago, the 99 cent store, 
on Wilshire and Fairfax and they opened a produce section. And I was like, they have broccoli at the 99 cent store. And suddenly I felt like I could feed my kids healthy because I was buying broccoli from the 99 cent store to go along with our, and like, I think back of like, I would have done anything just to make sure that like they were okay. They were fed healthy. They, even if the broccoli came from the 99 cents, so yes, it wasn't organic. I'm sure it's whatever. But at the time I was just grateful that it was like, I can give my kids a green vegetable. Yep. It costs 99 cents, but thank God they have it. And it just built from there. So when I look back, I'm thinking like, wow, I kind of, you know, I went through a lot and people would say to me, like, I don't know how you did it. You had a, a like two infants, a one and a two year old. And I would always say, while I was going through it, I would say, well, I don't have a choice. Like I have to, I don't have a choice. But now that things have eased up, my kids are older, they're more self-sufficient They're They can tie their shoes. They can wipe their butts. They can get in the car by themselves. Like there's a lot of things that they can now do by themselves that they weren't able to back in the day. And I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> but it's, yeah. That's so cute. That's so sweet. And I'm sure your kids are very proud of you. You know, I mean, being a mom is not, not easy. I mean, I don't know anything about motherhood, but you know, I know my mom for 19 years and I yeah. can say that that job is not easy. Yeah, so, it's not, it's not easy. And, and it doesn't pay well. <laughs> well, I don't think it pays at all, but no, <laughs> it, it, it pays emotionally, but like, yeah, monetarily, no, you don't get crap. <laughs> I believe that. So how hard was it, you know, balancing both being a mom and, you know, finding yourself a place to start off with your career once again and, you know, try to get all these things settled? It was, it was tough. But the thing is, um, you know, when I signed on to do Selling Sunset, my life was completely different than it is now than it was you know this has been we started filming now it's been almost a year ago you know we filmed for like seven and a half months mm -hmm. and then you know they edit and they have to do everything and then the world sees the show so this has been a long time in the making when i signed the contract to do selling sunset i was in a position where my children would be with me for one week and then they would go to their father for one, for one week. So when I signed, I told production, listen, I'm a very hands-on mother. So the week that my kids are with me, like this is what time they have to go to school. This is what time I pick them up. This is what time gymnastics is, soccer, flag football, piano lessons, whatever it was. Um, I can work around to that. I mm -hmm. said, but every other week they're with their dad and I can work around the clock. Like I can do it however many hours. And they were like, okay, you know, we'll work with that. And it, it sounded amazing. Within less than a month of filming, their father disappeared. So it went from half-time mom to full-time mom mm -hmm. unexpectedly and like, at the, like, like that. So I was like trying to figure it out. So if you've seen the show, if you watch in season three, they make a bit, they make it very apparent that like Amanda's always late. Amanda's like always scatterbrained. Amanda's, but what you don't see behind the scenes is like I was just trying to figure out how to juggle this new situation. My kids had never had a full time nanny. Like they would have a babysitter once and once in a while, but suddenly they went from not having you know anything but like a babysitter once in a while to a full time nanny dropping them off at school, maybe sometimes putting them to bed. I was trying to juggle so much on top of dealing with the emotion of their father just disappearing. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, to picking up the pieces of that, answering questions to my kiddos that I didn't know the answers to. I still don't know the answers to. And it was like, it was a whole thing that you don't see behind the scenes. And then I kind of just come across as this like late person that's always, but that was, that's not the case. It was, there was a lot going on. So it was really hard to juggle and balance. I changed career, not, I didn't change careers. I added a new career to my, you know, resume. Mm -hmm. I'm still an interior designer. I'm still, a, I still design furniture. I still do home staging. Now I'm a real estate agent, but I was trying to learn that aspect and really like throw myself into that. And then also being followed around, you know, by cameras 24 seven, and then a full-time single mom. <laughs> it was a lot, but now it's been, you know, it's been over a year and we have like this new, that this is our new reality. Their dad is still not back. Yeah. And we've, we go with the flow and we, we've kind of, you know, leaned into it and it's still hard, but it's, it's way easier than it was <laughs> when we were filming. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that must be, you know, so terrible, like having someone gone missing and you're just sort of trying to keep yourself sane and at the same time, you know, having all those cameras around you and it's, it's crazy. You know, like, like we were saying before, it, it must be absolutely really hard for you to, you know, manage everything, um, especially that now you are, um, you know, you're everything right now, you know, you're a mother, you're you're at this amazing show and you have to manage so many things and there's so many things going on in your head as well. So what is something that keeps you going, keeps you motivated? Honestly, it's, it's so, it's a, it's like a tricky, it's a funny thing. It's like, if I didn't have kids mm -hmm. and my life were what it were right now, it would be, you know, easier. But if I didn't have kids, my life wouldn't be as inspiring i wouldn't have so much motivation my kids really really are the reason that i not the look i'm not like i would keep going i'm a you know i'm a very everything happens for a reason type of person i'm very energetic spiritual but i'm also somewhat religious i believe in god i pray um you know we don't go to church every sunday but i grew up in the church so i have that background as a child and I have that faith and I, I believe in God. I believe in the universe. I believe in energy. I believe in karma. I believe that what you put out in the world, you receive tenfold. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just, that's how I've, that's how I've molded my life. That's how I mold my children's lives. And I feel like because I have my kids and this is going to sound so won like a little bit wonky, but the situation that happened with their father, when they were going to their dad every other week, on that every other week, when it was just me, I would work as much as I could, but I also relaxed a lot because I felt like that was, that was my break. And I feel like I have so much more, had so much more potential in me and I wasn't really sparking it because I was given that ability to kind of like chill. And so, I, and this is probably sounds crazy to whoever's listening, but for me, I try to like make sense of everything. And I'm like, was this the way that God told me like this extreme traumatic event had to happen for me to realize my full potential and like power forward? I don't know. You know, I've had a year to think about, you know, everything, but maybe because I can tell you when he disappeared, 
there, you know, I haven't even really let that sink in for what it means for me because I've been in like go mode, like survival mode. Like I have to, I have these two little children. Like I can't fail now because I don't have, there's nobody else for them to go to if I fail, if I can't pay my rent. Absolutely. It's me. So it is like kicked me into high gear and I've been like kind of kicking ass and I have to say like, I'm really proud of myself, but it's, but it's because of them. And every morning I wake up, I make breakfast. I look at them and it's like, I want to go back to bed. I want to sleep. I want to, nope, I can't. Like they are my motivation. They've kept me going. And I, and now I'm to the point where I'm like, before when I would kind of doubt myself or think like, oh, you know, you haven't done, you haven't done anything like great this far in your life. Maybe you're just supposed to be like a stay at home mom, or maybe you're just, not just, cause that's, that's a job in itself. Let's be real. But maybe you can't really like do your dream of being like, you know, a fancy interior decorator or whatever. But now it's like, wait, they've kind of, they don't know this, but they've shown me and, and helped me prove to myself and to them that like, I can do this. And so that's what keeps me going. My kids, absolutely keep me going <laughs> oh, so sweet honestly you should be very proud of yourself and you know i feel like your story is such a motivational story for all the single moms out there you know who who's for some reason stopped dreaming or for some reason thought that you know now it's uh time to just you know give it all to their children but you know watching you and and you know, just looking at how you have dealt with managing being a mom and managing your work and career at the same time is just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It makes me feel good. I feel like, you know, it was hard to kind of put my life out there, mm -hmm. but I've gotten so much positive response from, like you said, other single moms, single moms that are maybe a little bit older in their late thirties, early forties that are like, thought they couldn't go into a new career. They thought they just kind of had to settle and they're like, no, you've shown me that like, I'm not too old, like I can do it. And so it was worth now looking back, it was worth putting my personal like struggles out to the world to impact and, and give hope to a lot of other women that are in my same position. So for me, that feels good. You know, it's like, it, it, it's like a negative thing, but it's, it's working out positively for somebody else. So and on the other side, God's blessed me. The universe has blessed us as well. Like we're doing good things. You know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're good right now. My kids are good. They're happy. They're thriving. They're in a good school. They're making good grades. They have good friends. And so, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a more positive than negative mm -hmm. on the surface. Emotionally though, you know, my kids are still struggling with like, where's their dad? Like there's still things that are very sensitive that I have to deal with on the daily, but, um, but we're, you know, we're managing and we're, we're getting through it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's so sweet. And I hope that everything, you know, ends well. Um, and it stays all positive and happy with you and your family. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to end up with this really cool game segment. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Um, it's sort of like a rapid fire. Um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So yeah, are you ready for it? <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at this stuff. I did one earlier and they were like, we're gonna say a name. Tell me the first word that comes to your head. And I'm like, okay, I'm terrified, but okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So uh, what is your greatest fear? Something happening to one of my children. Uh, which person do you most admire? In the world? Mm-hmm. Dead or alive? Any? Um, I'm going to go with, and she's passed, but the woman who raised me, she wasn't my biological mother, but she was my best friend's mother. She basically raised me, and I have every ounce of everything that I am as a mother to attribute to how amazing she was to me. Aww. Um, what is your greatest extravagance? Uh, happy and thankful. Um, uh, what do you consider the most overrated thing? Overrated? Mm -hmm. Status. On what occasion do you lie? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two examples, okay. rated P PG version because I'm a parent, mm -hmm. and then and then PG thirteen rated R version. PG version, my my children are nine and ten. They just found out last year that Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy was a big fat phony. So oh. I lied about that. So <laughs> there have been occasions where I've been in a relationship, and they'll say, "Well, you and so and so are such good friends," and I'm like. We've always just been friends. <laughs> I never. Okay. <laughs> See you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, which talent would you most like to have? Singing. Really? I bet you're an amazing singer. <laughs> no, I'm not amazing. I'm not awful, but I'm not Adele. I would love to be able to sing just for one week, like Adele or Ariana Grande. Hmm. You'd be like, girl, get out of my house. Like, stop. I would just be singing all day. <laughs> I wish I could sing like that. That would just feel so good. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I those two are my favorite artists. So I, I completely uh -huh. agree with you. They're so, I don't even know how that happens. I'm like, how do you open your mouth and that comes out? <laughs> like, it doesn't okay. even make sense. <laughs> all right. And one last question. What is the most embarrassing incident that has happened with you? Uh, oh my God, I'm 43. I'm, I'm like, there's this, there's this, there's this. What's the most embarrassing? I'm just going to take it back, like way back. When I was in college, I was, I went to a fraternity party, okay, <laughs> at my university. And we were like, it was like a keg party. You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're young, but like, they would have like fraternity parties and there was like a keg and like, a big tub of something that you didn't know what it was, but it was red and there was a lot of fruit in it and everybody drank it and like everybody got drunk. And then you would go to the basement and there'd be like a DJ and you'd be dancing. And I had a crush on this guy. I thought he was so cute. And he like actually was like kind of paying attention to me at the, you know, at the time. And the basement floor was like, con like not concrete, but like laminate. So it was like, if it got wet, it was very slippery. Oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a, a trained dancer. Like I took dance, like I was an NFL cheerleader. I've taught dance. So I'm like, Oh, I got this. Like I got my moves. So I'm in the basement of this fraternity house and I'm like dancing with this guy and I go to do some move. <laughs> I won't, I won't even like name it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and I slipped oh. on the, whatever it was on the laminate and like literally wiped out. I'm like landed like on my side in the yuck of the fraternity party, like basement floor, spilled drinks in front of my crush and was just like, 
<laughs> wow, that is embarrassing. That really is. That was super embarrassing. And he's like, okay, <laughs> next. Aw, <laughs> well, that was so cute. I mean, thank you so much for once again coming to the show and sharing all your stories from your embarrassing moments to your, you know, struggles and, and motivational uh you know, thanks. So thank you so much once again. Of course, you're welcome. It was absolutely lovely talking to you. And I cannot believe that you're 43. I mean, you look so young. <laughs> Honestly, like when I was 12, people thought I was like 26. So. Oh, shut up. No, for real. So. You know, it's funny. I, it's weird. My friends tell me, they're like, you look, the older you get, the younger you look. It's like, I have like Benjamin Button, like disease. <laughs> I'm like aging backwards. And I don't know, I, I attribute all of that to genetics. My father is 50% Nigerian. Mm -hmm. And then the other 50% is like, it's like a scribble of Asian, Native American, and like a whole, whole bunch of other things. So he has really good genes. So thank you, dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, dad. We say black don't crack. So I don't know. Absolutely. I agree.